<laughs> Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. Today we are going to be discussing Food Wars, Shokugeki no Summer, the fifth plate, which is the final season. It's something that both Brad and I have been watching for many, many years. And yeah, we're super excited to get into it. But before we do dive into it, I'm Blue, that's Brad, and we're going to be talking about some other stuff, like news and shit, before we actually get into the, to the meat, the, uh, the bones, the what? I don't know. But Are you okay? I'm not okay. How are you? I, <laughs> you see, I, I thought I was not doing okay going into this, but now, now you, <laughs> you, you're taking the cake on this one, mate. Nah, I've had a really, really long week and a really long day as well, actually. I slept like absolute poop last night and, mm. and then I had to be up really early this morning. So, yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. What about you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't complain. I just got done watching Christmas movies. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. When I say Christmas movies, it was a Christmas film, and then we also watched a Christmas episode of The Office, because, you know, why the fuck not? American or US? American or US? American <laughs> or UK? <laughs> the American Office. Have you watched the UK Office? I have watched neither of any of them. I can't get in to the American Office. Right. And I don't know where to find the UK office, nor do I really have time to watch anything outside of anime right now. I was going to say, I've seen neither, but I've heard in general, British people prefer the British version and American people prefer the American version. Well, I know a lot of American people that actually really like the British version. Mm -hmm. However, the general consensus from Americans is that the first two seasons of The Office kind of sucks because they tried to copy what the UK office did. Mm -hmm. But then from season three on, they just kind of started doing their own thing and taking their own way with that format. So it got a lot better. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, we've spoken about it before, the difference between British humor and uh, North American humor. And they're Mm -hmm. very different from each other. So trying to take something and take the exact script and just adapt it to and and try and fit it to an american audience Mm. i think it it won't work yeah yeah it's just one of those it's just two completely different kinds of audiences so it doesn't necessarily translate well yeah well the cultures are very different and i think you get into that mindset of like if you're an american and you're watching british tv in your head you're watching british tv so when things are like you know you don't quite get a joke or it's not quite your humor, or, you know, something happens that you wouldn't see on American TV, in your mind, you have that, like, fallback of, oh, but it's British TV. But if you're watching American actors performing a British script, you don't have that, like, cushion to fall back on of being like, oh, but, you know, it's not my culture, so that's why it's a little bit odd to me. Because you're expecting it to fit into your culture. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same way with um, British people when they watch you know american american sitcoms or whatever there's sometimes things where it's like oh you know this isn't for me or like you have that like oh well it's american tv so american tv does that yeah it's just those silly americans with their (laughs) not funny jokes americans have some pretty funny jokes they're just different jokes to the uk jokes i don't i don't know the difference i don't i'm not a funny person so therefore it just just doesn't work all right okay sure don't laugh at me (laughs) Stop trying to discount my point. (laughs) What am I, here for cheap jokes? 
My jokes aren't fifty percent off, you know. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm? You know, whenever you see those like mannequins and shop windows with those sale shirts, mm-hmm. I've always wanted one of those. Really? Yeah. Like, why don't they sell them? Like, I would, I would buy a shirt that says "sale" on it. I think that's hilarious. I mean, I feel like I would too, just because the yeah. looks you would get. I'm game. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't that would yeah. stop me in the slightest. For like, it's it, I for years I've looked at those shirts and thought. I wonder if I could just go up to the counter and be like, how much is that shirt in the window? Can I can I get it off the mannequin, please? Maybe maybe one of these days we'll have enough money to where we can walk in and be like, look, I'll buy the mannequin and the shirt just to make sure I get the shirt. Yeah, I'll just, I'll purchase your whole window. Just give me the shirt. My mom had a good birthday this week, though. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, that was yesterday at the time of recording. Oh, so that's why we didn't record yesterday. I see what it is. <laughs> it was one of the factors in the sense that I forgot to take notes and then was like, I don't really have time to take notes because I have to have dinner with my family and be sociable. And then uh, there was a power cut. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there was two power cuts. It flickered the first time and my brother comes running upstairs and he goes, hey, was that just my room or was it the whole house? And I was like, that was a whole dang neighborhood, brother. And then I went on Twitter on my phone because the internet was still down mm-hmm. and looked on there and, and the local... Guys were like, hey, we're sending someone out to fix a wire that seems to be, like, faulty. And then the post, the Twitter posts just kept going. And it was like, we're currently defrosting the cable. We're currently working on whatever. I don't know. It was by the tracks. So the train tracks. So I think, like, there was a big puddle or something by the tracks that the train hit or something. I don't know. And it, like, splashed water or, like, sludge up onto the cable. And then it froze while it was still wet. And so then it expanded inside the cable or whatever and, like, pushed it because, of course, when, you know, water freezes, it expands. Um, and, and yeah, it, like, pushed something down. So as they were defrost- defrosting it, it went completely down and the cable just, like, broke. And then they had to replace it. I wish they had done it in a funny way. Like, it had been a guy up on a lift taking a selfie with somebody in the background with a hairdryer just trying to dry that damn thing. <laughs> that's funny that would be great i would have loved that that's funny i feel like more people should do stuff like that that's a great way to garner some quick attention yeah but also just show humor because i feel like a lot of things is just too serious at times Yeah, and i get it you need to be serious but with stuff like that come on Mm -hmm. it was pretty late at night as well so i feel like all kids and stuff had already gone to bed so i don't feel like there was anybody that like needed the power i mean there's probably people that were like my homework assignment but you know it was like most people were probably getting ready to go to bed except you and i we're just like record 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 (laughs) or anime (laughs) anime 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 yeah but yeah other than that uh covid restrictions go into place on monday so sunday actually yeah so day that this episode comes out covid restrictions are hitting hard to where i am Mm -hmm. um and so last days of christmas shopping is saturday so that's going to be absolutely crazy Ooh. yeah because all stores are being shut down non-essential stores everything mm-hmm. malls closing a lot because we've had an increase in numbers and it's finally hit the villages so yeah because we managed to kind of avoid it for the most part throughout this year because we're you know small and mm-hmm. less populated spaced out we don't con- tend to come into contact with anybody anyways <laughs> but yeah it's finally trickled into the villages mm-hmm. and uh and so, yeah, full-on restrictions start happening on Monday. Hmm. 
Well, at least they're finally starting to take it serious because I know how much you've been bitching about things. So, yeah, yeah, it's a mandatory mask policy now, which is great. Mm -hmm. Can't believe it took them this long to make it mandatory. I um, mean, we still haven't made it mandatory where I live, and it's a semi decently large city. So, do with that as you should will. Should be mandatory. It's it just yeah should be mandatory. Mm -hmm. If you have a health condition that makes it so you can't wear a mask, you should be wearing a face shield. Yep. Like or like a full blown like full face respirator if you can get your hands on one. Yeah, and if you're honestly really that sick to the point where you can't go outside without a face mask, with like not wearing a face mask or a face shield or you know some other kind of covering or protection. I don't think that you should be outside anyway because it just sounds like that's a huge danger to you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, agreed. So, but yeah, definitely, it's definitely good to hear. I hate that numbers are actually going up, but at least, again, the area's taking it seriously. Yeah, nearly 150 in ICU here in Alberta. Damn. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to know what the ICU numbers are around here. Just, nah, I'll pass. Well, there's hardly any people in Alberta, mm -hmm. so... Uh, those numbers probably seem small to a lot of people, but to us they're pretty big because yeah. we don't have a lot of people. You just have tundra. <laughs> Not quite tundra. We're, no, we're pretty fast. No, I would say pretty fast. We're far south from the tundra, but uh, a lot of prairie. Alberta has tundra. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about you? Spoken about me, what about you? I applied for a new job the other day. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. I haven't I haven't posted for a new job in over four years. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Because I am fully aware of what is happening in my current situation. Mm -hmm. I realize that there's nowhere else for me to go. Yeah. So it's... I need to start looking elsewhere. I need to broaden my horizons a little bit. Mm -hmm. And just kind of do what I can until other ventures and whatnot. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, but your determination is a huge asset to HR, you know, and manager, future managers and stuff mm -hmm. for you to be like, hey, you know, I want to improve. I want to get better. I want to take training courses. I want to do all that stuff. The proactive nature mm -hmm. is, you know, hugely appealing to potential hires. Oh, yeah, because I have been in management I and I'm always willing to learn. But it's funny mm -hmm. because what I'm going into now has nothing to do with any of that. Or at least what I applied for. Mm. I applied for a security job. Ooh. You would make a good security guard. I mean, I'm a big boy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it would work. Plus, all those years of criminal justice, I can slightly put it to use. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like um, you've gotten a lot more confident as well within the past like year or so. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it wouldn't be so much of a like a stretch for you now to be like you wouldn't be as uncomfortable in that job if you had to like speak up and, you know, put yourself in the center of attention more than I think. Because I know you would have been fine doing that before a year ago, but I feel like now you are more in your element doing it. I'm a lot closer to being myself 100% of the time mm -hmm. than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. Love being yourself. You do you, boo. Yas. Yas. But that that's about it. I haven't done a whole lot else. I've played COD with the boys. Mm -hmm. And I also loaded up Sims for the first time the other day and then immediately closed out of it because I got out of the notion really quick. <laughs> 
I wonder if the Christmas pack's still free. I don't know. Although one thing I am surprised by is the fact that neither you nor I have jumped on that Japan pack yet. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually been doing much gaming at all recently. I mean, things have been crazy for the past, like, three weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've had no real, like, urge to game. I mean, I weird. can understand, though, because mm-hmm. as deep into shit as you are right now, and then the amount of anime we have to watch, it kind of... Mm-hmm. And then on top of everything else that you've had going on, it kind of, I'm assuming it leaves you drained by the time the day's over with. Yeah, I've, I've found myself reading a lot more books. My eyesight's getting worse, and I uh, made up an appointment with an optician and then couldn't go to it because of COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it is an essential service, but um, yeah, the optometrist had a client come in that then reported that they got COVID like a week later. Mm-hmm. So she had to then close down and, and couldn't see anybody because she had been exposed to someone who then had COVID mm-hmm. within the 14 days. So yeah. yeah, so she had to like stop clients for 14 days. So my appointment got shifted mm-hmm. and then like life happened damn um so yeah i i do have an appointment but yeah i can't see very well right now mm-hmm. and so i have been doing a lot more reading because my i have like glasses for my short term mm-hmm. vision my short my short distant my near no far sight your nearsightedness near, whatever you know what i mean i'm the daughter of an optician i should know this i don't um <laughs> and uh, uh yeah so i have glasses for that so i can see up close fine but i can't see the distance so i'm gonna need like bifocals which normally are given to people that are like 50 mm-hmm. but yeah no i'm just blind so that's fun but yeah i've been reading that's what i was trying to say i've been doing more reading to uh, like chill out in the evenings and i haven't been yeah because uh, i've been enjoying that i haven't really found the urge to game mm-hmm. i've been feeling the urge to escape into gaming more here lately mm-hmm. But yet, at the same time, I sit down to game, and then everybody starts wanting to tug on me to play with them and do this, that, and the other. I'm just like, I don't want to socialize. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll end up socializing and then just kind of not focusing on the game, which then in turn doesn't fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just end up being frustrated. And so I'm glad I have a four day weekend this weekend. So I'm going to try to get this edited tonight after we get done. Mm hmm. With this and then just enjoy myself for the next four days and kind of calm down because I feel myself burning out quickly. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be nice to kind of get that out of my system for the holidays. Yeah, no, I feel like you definitely deserve it. You've been working like crazy recently and I really hope that the new job goes like the application for that goes well. And if not, I hope that you keep looking and find something that suits you better. Hopefully so. But if yeah. not, once we get fully staffed at work, that should take a little bit of the pressure off because i can hopefully stay in the back and stop dealing with dumb (laughs) yeah yeah i get that i had a question for you and then it's just escaped my brain Mm, it'll come back eventually oh um cyberpunk i've been looking at it but i haven't and i haven't quite pulled the trigger on it yet no because it looks amazing but apparently it's also currently a bug fest yeah i did hear about the did you hear about the clipping Male genitalia. No, I have not heard about this. <laughs> okay, so my brother was telling me about this because he's got uh, my brother's also a streamer and he has a bunch of friends that are also streamers and some of them were playing cyberpunk and they were laughing about the fact that they have customizable penis options. Mm-hmm. So you can either be circumcised or uncircumcised. Mm-hmm. 
And because they kind of went into details about that kind of stuff, I'm assuming they went into details of the with the programming and, and game design or whatever because of that. Um, now, sometimes, because it's a bug fest and because they actually programmed that and, and yeah, designed that, uh, when there are clothing bugs, one of the clothing bugs that happened is, uh, yeah, the, the penis clipping through the clothing. So you're just in a cutscene and then bam, dick out. Yeah, pretty much. I haven't seen it, but yeah, that's what my brother told me. <laughs> I am humored by yeah. this. I thought I'd share because it made me giggle. I am I'm so humored by this because CD Projekt Red, God bless them, they do such a phenomenal job with their games. The Witcher 3 is probably one of the most beloved games of all time. Mm-hmm. But the amount of bugs that are in this, I've heard a lot of people compare it to Bethesda. Like it turned into a Fallout game. And apparently um, so- the current gen console versions, because the PS5 and Xbox X versions won't be out until next year. Right. So if you have it on PS4 or Xbox One, it's almost unplayable because the game is too powerful to run on those consoles. Oof. So I've seen renderings of some of the characters and they don't even have faces. It's just skin colored tone glitches. Nice. Um, yeah, so now that brings me to a question, because it was delayed, like, three times, I think, at least? Uh, two or three times, yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember it being delayed a month, about a month, about a month ago, because it was released yesterday, yeah. And a lot of people were complaining about it, and they were saying they just wanted to do this to make sure that they patched some bugs, which I don't want to know what those bugs were considering if it's this buggy after those patches. Well, so it had a 45 gig day one patch. Mm-hmm. So, but it's weird because the PC version released, I think at like 6 p.m. on the 9th instead of its mm-hmm. normal release date on the 10th. And on the 10th, yeah. it released for the consoles. Yeah. So, because I know I it was supposed know... to, like, it was advertised as being released on the 10th. Mm hmm. I remember that because it's my mom's birthday. So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if the day one patch fixed a lot of that. Because if they released the game early on the 9th, I don't know if the day one patch would have went into place on the 10th or what would have happened. So I don't know how much of that has been taken care of. I know CD Projekt Red is really good about fixing a lot of that stuff. But with a game that is at bare minimum 40 hours... Mm-hmm. But if you do all the side quests and go in for multiple different endings and all that other fun stuff, if you have over a hundred hour long game, it's going to take a while to sort out a lot of those. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder what a lot of people are thinking, considering that the game was postponed so many times and it was postponed pretty much like really close to the previous release date. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were angry about it, and now it's being released, and it's still buggy as hell. I'm wondering if a lot of people that pre-ordered are, like, upset about that. Well, the, at least as far as the last pushback that it had, it was pushed back because the Xbox version was just unplayable. Yeah. So now, at least they fixed it. It's playable, but it looks like shit. Right. So... In your opinion, do you think they should have, at the last, like, you know, pushback, the last post, like, when they postponed it last, do you think they should have postponed it longer and tried to get another couple patches in? Or do you think they did the right thing by postponing it only a month? Or do you think that they 
like how do you how do you think they should have changed that to have a more successful release ultimately if the prior gen consoles if it's as unplayable as it is those should not have been released right Mm -hmm. now period those should have stayed in development at the very least they should have made it like a timed exclusive yeah that way pc players can have it for say six months i know that would initially piss a lot of people off Mm -hmm. but looking at it now hindsight's 2020 they should have Mm -hmm. done that and then just told people the reason it wasn't releasing everywhere else is because it's just unplayable Mm -hmm. or just postpone everything and then piss off everyone yeah but ultimately with the war of timed exclusives and just overall exclusives right now in general I don't think it would have been that bad. Mm -hmm. And then they could have spent all that time, for one, working on patches for the consoles to at least make the prior gen more playable and continue development on the next gen versions of the game, and then just kind of go from there. Because a few, you know, visual glitches here or there on PC isn't going to be that bad. Yeah. But whenever you have versions of the game that are just awful and not optimized whatsoever, that's a problem. Yeah. It, it, it makes me wonder why they didn't... I mean, I know that they probably wanted to release it for a Christmas release, because then a lot of people are going to get it for Christmas presents, and then they're going to make a higher profit. But I don't know. It makes me wonder why they didn't like plan it better. I mean, I, I, I assume they just ran into you know massive walls when COVID hit, and you know everyone's stay-at-home order and everything like that, and that made it probably 10 times harder than it needed to be to finish and set them off schedule. That may have a little bit to do with it because it was supposed to come out way earlier this year, but it got pushed back and then it got pushed back again. Yeah, and then I guess they were just trying to get it out before Christmas. And by the time Christmas rolls around, they may have a lot of the bugs fixed, at least from the perspective of just, I guess, overall performance. Mm -hmm. But again, it's one of those things I just... I'm not sure, because if I were in their shoes, I don't know how I would handle it, because you would think that they should know about a lot of these, because obviously there is 45 gigs worth of day one patches. Mm -hmm. But if you can't preload the game until three days beforehand, why couldn't those patches be included with that just to keep people, I guess, just to keep a lot of that problem down? Mm Mm-hmm. But again, I don't even know what was included in that 45 gigs worth of patches. Mm-hmm. I just know yeah. that's a that's a Call of Duty size patch, so I'm not I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, it makes me curious about uh, about it. About I want you know be in that meeting room and see what everyone was talking about, how mm-hmm. they decided that it was worth the release, and you know it was worth the backlash. Mm-hmm. Well, also, CD has come into some fire recently because the game is apparently a massive epilepsy trigger. Because oh. you spend a lot of times in nightclubs, and of course, like with any video game, you get that short little pop-up in the beginning saying there's, you know, epilepsy warning. Mm-hmm. But for this game being what it is, it wasn't broad enough. Right. Because you can kind of avoid it in some games like the Assassin's Creed or really anything Anything Ubisoft makes, it's a little bit more prominent than others because I can see why a lot of their stuff can be an epilepsy trigger. Mm -hmm. But this game, with all the flashing neon lights and everything else going on and the amount of time you spend in clubs, it's just come under fire. It's unplayable, yeah. Yeah, because people... I haven't heard any cases of it yet, but there's one really 
renowned writer that just absolutely went in and bashed them for it because they said the warning isn't big enough. It's just in the end user license agreement. And that's it. Oh, wow. Okay. So CD came out and said they're working on a way to implement it to where it's not going to overall hinder gameplay and they should have done something about that from the beginning. I guess it just slipped their mind. Yeah. Yeah, because I I know that like in a lot of games, because obviously every game that has flashing lights for even three seconds or whatever has to include that warning somewhere in the game labels. Mm Mm-hmm. Or should, at least. I don't know if they legally have to, depending on which country the game is made, I assume. But, like, you know, in my mind, they have to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and But for a lot of people, I assume, a lot of gamers that are are triggered by that, I assume that they, you know, have those, like, resources online, websites and stuff, where you can search up specific moments or times or whatever where those kinds of things happen. And most games are pretty playable, even though they have that for like three seconds three seconds right or even if it's like for one whole cutscene you can skip that cutscene and then you know you're kind of good to go and as long as you have somebody by you to kind of fill you in on the plot that you missed or you have like wikipedia pulled up or you know you have the ability to to keep playing Mm -hmm. whereas in this i assume it would be really frustrating for people that have been hyped to play it and they go down to play it and it's not a cheap game and then they go to play it and they don't see the warning because it's not obvious, mm-hmm. and then realize that they're, you know, uh, hopefully they're able to not, you know, get triggered by it, and they're able to, like, get themselves out of the situation before it gets bad. And then then they go online to search up if it's just, like, that one moment, and then they realize that it's the entirety of the game, and they've already, like, purchased it, and the, they didn't, it wasn't, fair, like, fairly warned. That's mm-hmm. frustrating. Yeah, so at least they've said they're doing something about it, so there's a lot of... There's a lot more work going into the game. Yeah. But that's just that's just a little bit more of the controversy surrounding that game right now, other than, you know, the lot of pissed off people. There's now more pissed off people. Mm, yeah. I hadn't heard of that one, so that's interesting to know. Now, granted, it does not excuse it in the slightest, but looking at the trailers and everything else that came out for the game, I felt like it was inevitable. It doesn't yeah. excuse it. Because you would think, just looking off the trailers, that they would have made more of a deal about it somewhere, instead of just tucking it into the license agreement. No. I feel like warnings like that should be, like, you know, when you, like, load up a game? I feel (laughs) like it should be there. Like, on the loading screen. Well, I mean, Ubisoft's are, but a lot of other games aren't. Yeah. Because I know every time I load up Siege, there's an epilepsy warning. Every time I open up Valhalla, there's an epilepsy warning. Yeah. But others aren't as... they're not as prominent. Yeah, I don't feel like that ruins the immersion of the game if it's on the loading screen, you know? Yeah, because if you're loading into the game, you already have to sit through a bunch of other bullshit that you don't want to have to sit through anyway. Yeah. Like publisher animations and the- Credit scenes. Yeah, so therefore, you're there anyway, so just put up a little card that's there for like five or ten seconds, because that's how long your fucking credit trailers are anyway. Yeah. So that should just come standard with- Really any game, because if you make it standard for any game, then you're covered. Yeah. But again, what if, what do we know? We're just idiots on the internet. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so we've had a good couple of rants about ourselves, about COVID, now about video games. But we have yet to discuss the very thing that we're here to discuss, which is anime. <gasps> do we have any news? So before we get into the news, Ooh. I gotta get something out. Ah. So... I have been hounded relentlessly over watching something very particular 
So I'm here today on the, as of right now, because it has crossed over into the next day, the 12th of December, to discuss a couple episodes of Tokyo Mew Mew. Dun, dun, dun. So, to the person that has been on me about this, you know who you are. You asked for this. So, Tokyo Mew Mew is a little show that was made by the same studio that's done Bleach, Naruto, Tokyo Ghoul, which we've previously covered, etc. But it's older than a lot of those. And it's very obvious by the, for one, the most jarring thing that I noticed, the aspect ratio. (laughs) It's in a 4 by 3 aspect ratio instead of the 16 by 9 that I'm used to. Okay. So I'm watching it on my phone and I'm squinting. I'm like, what is this? What is this? But, so I've been hounded relentlessly. Blue and I have said multiple times, ah, it's too long. We're just not going to do it. But it kept on and kept on. So I was like, fine, fuck it. I'll, I'll watch two episodes because it's all I was asked to watch. So I watched those two episodes. Here are my thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's, it's odd because I feel like I'm watching Cat Girl Sailor Moon. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. It's the story of... A girl who gets magical cat girl powers, mm-hmm. but it's very like Sailor Moon-esque transformations, and she's trying to save endangered species on the planet, but also saving the planet from aliens. I don't know. It's interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a trip, especially yeah, with the old like 90s animation and everything. It's It's interesting. I like it, question mark question mark do i like it or not yeah uh i feel like it's one of those things that a lot of people would have a lot of nostalgia for Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that same level of nostalgia you can never really appreciate it as much as people that do yeah because apparently this show was absolutely massive whenever you and i were growing up Mm -hmm. i had never heard of it until our mutual friend decided to talk to us about it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually didn't start watching anime until I was pretty pretty decently into my teen years. I, you know, watched a little bit of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff when, and Digimon when I was a kid, but I wouldn't say I was ever, like, into them. I played the Pokemon games more than anything, collected Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I never watched, like, a lot of anime until I reached my teen years, and then that's when I kind of got a lot more, like, hardcore into anime Mm -hmm. so i don't have in general nostalgia for a lot of things that people have nostalgia for like you know naruto the first time i watched that was like two years ago Mm -hmm. so i feel like tokyo mimu for myself and yourself it's just kind of like one of those things that you had to be there and we weren't there yeah it's it's weird for me because i grew up watching sailor moon yeah i know i've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast but i very specifically remember going to Blockbuster and picking up a Dragon Ball and a Sailor Moon DVD. Not DVD, VHS. I'm that old. Anyway. <laughs> so it was just one of those things of, it's just, it's that ingrained into me. Like, I still mm-hmm. remember the Sailor Moon OP. I still remember the transformation scenes. There's so much of it I still remember. So watching this, at least for the transformation scene, it feels like I'm... It's just that little bit of nostalgia for me. But then it's cat girls with superpowers and she's also a maid in a cafe. Now, don't get me wrong. The treats in this cafe for a weekly show 
look pretty delicious. Like, I could eat most of the stuff that I've seen coming out of that cafe. But that's, that's about it. I just, I don't know. I generally have a three to four episode rule for mm-hmm. anime. And I meant to watch more of it before I sat down this evening to record this. But, you know, life happened. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. But I don't love it either. Like I said, I yeah. like it with a question mark on it. Yeah. Well, if it, you decide to watch more, you'll have to keep us posted on how your feelings develop. I will, because it's, like I said, I don't hate it. It's not bad by any means, mm-hmm. but it's just I don't have that nostalgia trip for it. So we will we'll see how life progresses. Yeah, I also feel like the older animes were more like slow burners. I feel like a lot of them take a while to get into. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're kind of like shoved, action-packed storyline heartfelt get to know the characters it's pretty like shoved down our throats with the first like two episodes yeah it's not just oh hey cat girl yeah <laughs> yeah right I, I, yeah and i feel like that was a na- uh, a natural and necessary progression that needed to happen in anime mm-hmm. uh, because it helped anime get through that reputation of being you know otaku weeb stuff And become more mainstream. And I know a lot of people aren't necessarily happy about the fact that anime is becoming more mainstream. But I am, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously I'm one of these people that has joined anime pretty decently recently. Compared to a lot of people who have been watching it for decades and decades. So I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, you're one of those who just got it because it went mainstream. Um, (laughs) And uh, I mean, it's fair shout, sure, why not? I started watching like the seven years ago so seven or eight years ago so i feel like that's pretty recent mm. and uh i forgot my point what was i going with oh yeah no natural progression i feel like yeah it, it it's like needed to it was needed to stray away from that i still really like when modern animates come out and they have that like old vibe to them they have that like feeling of you know some of the older shows and i love watching some of the older shows you know some of my favorite shows are from early 2000s from the 90s from you know I like so even some of the eighties. I've really enjoyed watching, especially some of the movies that came out then are really great. But I feel like a a lot of that is very much of a thing that would only appeal to people who already like anime. Agreed, agreed. It's not something that I could just openly suggest to someone that's just getting into anime. Yeah, because I'm currently trying to get a lot of people around me into anime. Yeah, and that's we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and it's not like you would start them off with cowboy bebop yeah, not that it's uh, it's amazing but like it's not a entry-level anime show to most mainstream people especially now because i feel like starting them out with something that's that outdated considering the stuff that disney is outputting now yeah it would be very jarring and very culture shocky yeah but also stuff back then was a lot more tropey because that's what a lot of the tropes today are based off of so it would yeah kind of set a really bad example and i don't think they would also get the humor that we now have with those tropes because when we watch those old animes and we see those tropes it's kind of like a like a oh geez you know like when your dad tells a joke and it's kind of funny but you don't want to admit that it's funny Mm -hmm. yeah it's like those and then but like if you don't have that like knowledge of the tropes or you don't have that like level of familiarity with them you could Mm -hmm. just i feel like you just find them really annoying or offensive even Agreed. My yeah. brain just immediately just fried. I need coffee. <laughs> Love that. But yeah, so yeah. now actual news? Actual news. So, funny piece of news to start it all off, because I saw this, I died laughing, I figured it'd be a good piece of news to start with. Okay. According to a poll, 
Japanese kids admire Tanjiro from Demon Slayer more than their parents. <laughs> Goals. Right. Yeah. Literally, no, the crazy. tagline under it are, moms are out. Kids are all about Tanjiro now. That's really funny. I read that and just lost it. I was like, I have to talk about this. I didn't give a shit about anything else. I was in the article. I just read the headline and I was like, oh my God. That's how much Demon Slayer has just taken over. That's really funny. One second. I'm just going to quickly turn my heater on because I'm freezing and I don't have my blanket because it's on the floor. Oh, the poor Kamisama is cold. <laughs> I'm cold. Okay, next piece of news. I want to know more. So, Crunchyroll has officially been purchased. Ooh. Sony has officially acquired Crunchyroll for mm-hmm. the fine tune of $1.175 billion mm-hmm. in cash. In cash. Yeah, just in cash. In cash. That's a big suitcase. Like, <laughs> Sony just walked up to AT&T. I would like to think that it's just the two CEOs meeting in person. One has a wheelbarrow just full of money. It's just like, here you go. <laughs> that seems like such a cartoon thing to happen. Or a Mr. Just... Beast thing to happen. Yep. Because I think the dude literally, yeah, I think the dude literally bought a car with a wheelbarrow full of pennies, if I remember correctly. He did, he did that. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, so I did remember that. So, yeah, that's just such a Mr. Beast thing to do. So I don't yeah. think it's cartoony anymore. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that's how all business transactions take place. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, I'm going to be really disappointed. Yeah, just a swimming pool full of money. Just like wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow getting poured into a swimming pool with the executive just sitting there in the swimming pool of money, laughing maniacally, drinking out of a champagne glass. Either that, or he's in just one of the reclining pool chairs, just fanning himself with a butler standing beside him with a lemonade with a little umbrella. Umbrella in it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> just look at all my money. Look at all my money. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. But, but uh, yeah, how do you feel about the price that? Because we we both kind of knew. I mean, we we weren't excited for Sony to purchase. Crunchyroll, but we both kind of knew it was going to happen. It was going to happen. However, mm -hmm. the fact that AT&T got more or got that much out of them because they initially wanted to sell it for Mm 1.2. And Sony balked at the idea and offered them 900 million instead. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they got close to their original asking price about it, I'm shocked. I'm happy that AT&T got that much out of it. Mm -hmm. But I... I don't know. Yeah. It makes me wonder what else was in the contract to make it so that they got so so much more close to their asking price. And who else was interested in purchasing Crunchyroll? Because, yeah, but it makes me wonder about about that contract, whether there was a a deal that Sony had asked for that they had said no, but because Sony had asked for that, they lowered the price or something and then you know the negotiations happened so the contract changed and you know because i feel like there may have been a clause in there or something where they were like crunchyroll has to stay making working with this particular production company or making this particular type of thing or looking this way for the next five years of ownership or something as part of the contract in purchasing and that may have been eliminated with the increase of price I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm. I'm sure more details will come out kind of as time goes along and as the merger kind of gets closer to happening. Yeah. But it's, it's just one of those things. I still don't even know how I feel about it just because of the fact 
that with Sony now owning it, that puts Funimation and Crunchyroll under the same roof. Umbrella, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not excited about it by any means, especially from the perspective of you and I both being voice actors and what that kind of does to the pool of you know potential. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's again gonna turn it into Funimation having the full dub rights to everything and then Crunchyroll just having subs instead of them having their own separate subs and dubs as what was happening because they've only been split for I think maybe a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been that long since they've just completely parted ways. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Well it makes me really wonder whether or not Sony is going to use both of them because there's there's two ways that they could go with this strategically. Sony could keep Crunchyroll and Funimation very separate and use them as a competition to each other to increase each other's like potential. You know, when like you have like a Mars bar and a Kit Kat and you increase the Mars bar price so that then people buy the Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. And then you increase the Kit Kat price to make them on the same level, and then people just go back to buying both, and then you increase the Kit Kat price again, and then people will buy Mars, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though the same company owns both of them, they're slowly just increasing the prices. They're using one to make it so that the other one works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Sony could do that with with Crunchyroll Funimation. They could keep them separate and use them as competition to each other to increase consumer interaction. Mm-hmm. Or they could combine them and make kind of take a kind of monopoly on the English market of of um anime, which I personally don't think that they will do. I think they'll keep them somewhat separate. Or they could kind of go halfway in between where they start doing things behind the scenes that are for the same and mutually beneficial or like, you know, using the same voice actors for both, using the same studios for Crunchyroll or Funimation made animes or, you know, doing stuff behind the scenes that are supposed to be more secret and that the regular consumer won't know about that is a joint thing for both. And then mm. on the surface level, having them be separate. And I don't know which one they're going to go with yet. But personally, I think it's probably going to be the third option where they're going to try and keep them separate, but behind the scenes have a lot of stuff that's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just one of those situations that only time is going to tell kind of how things are going to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm. I'm intrigued to see how the landscape and everything is going to change as time goes on. Yeah. But outside of that, I have two really good pieces of news to kind of wrap everything up. Okay. So we have two release dates for January that you and I are both incredibly excited about. Oh, okay. Dr. Stone has its official release date. I figured I'd start with this one because you were more excited about this one and Uh I'm more excited about the second one. That was the first thing that came into my brain when you said there's two release dates coming out. And I was like, I hope it's Dr. Stone. Yep. So Dr. Stone has officially been slated to begin airing its second season on January 14th. Oh, that's going to be good timing for me. With my that whenever everything's... <laughs> with my mom's surgery. And I have a psych appointment around then as well that I'm mm-hmm. stressing about. But yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a good timing for me to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be that'll be good. Although I'm disappointed that all this is starting kind of once we'll start wrapping or start ramping back up again for the podcast. Because mm. we're going to have a nice little two week break just because of, you know, we're not having to just watch anything. Mm-hmm. So and then we're going to have that once we start ramping back up again. So it's going to 
it'll be harder for you to probably watch week to week. Mm-hmm. But then I I won't be able to stop. I'll be like, I gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch. And then you're gonna be like, hey, hey, blue, watch it, blue, hey, hey, blue. And I'm gonna be like, okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, considering how packed January is and how much we're looking forward to everything, I feel like it's going to be hard for you not to, but also I'm literally going to be pestering you on release days. Oh, yeah. I yeah. hope you're prepared. I I am, and I'm also not. But I am, I am extremely excited because not only did we get a release date for Dr. Stone, but we also got a new key visual that you can find on our instagram page if you want to take a look at it because it is very hyping it's i'm so excited but we also got a trailer and i sat down and gave the trailer a watch and oh my goodness shit's gonna be so good i'm excited i am so excited we still don't have any news on whether it's gonna be one core two core or split core Mm -hmm. so i guess i guess we'll see Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited. What was that the first season again? The first season was two core, wasn't it? It was two core and it wasn't split core. It was just two core run back to back off one mm-hmm. another. Makes I can see curious. them potentially doing split core with season two, considering how soon it's been after the first season aired. Yeah. There's and enough that would also manga make sense to where they the... could do two core. But yeah. if with as much as they've built up this one arc, I feel like a split core would almost make more sense. Yeah, it would make sense to me that they do a split core, especially with the work from home thing that seems to be pretty standard, even though Japan is doing pretty well with their numbers right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would take a lot of pressure off of the studio to just make it a split core and, you know, spend the time working on it that they might not necessarily have elsewhere. Because with Dr. Stone, more than other animes, there's a whole lot of research specifically in the science behind stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that... It takes a lot more to make a weekly episode release, you know, of of Dr. Stone than it does even for something like Demon Slayer that has an incredible animation budget, you know, like such a good storyline, all this kind of stuff, because Demon Slayer doesn't have the same level of actual research being needed to do it because it creates its own law as opposed Mm -hmm. to being based in something that can be fact checked, you know? Agreed. Yeah, And that's one thing that Dr. Stone prides itself on is how everything in that show is factual. Like everything they do is how stuff is legitimately made. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my brain died. I forgot where I was going with that. I feel like I had a point, but not nearly as pointy as those katanas. Am I right? Am I right? But yeah, I started with that one. However, the next one I'm much more excited for. Can you guess? Mm-hmm. Um... No, actually, my brain just shut off. The second core for ReZero Season 2. Oh, duh. Obviously. It has officially been announced that it will begin airing on January 6th. Oh, that's early. It is early, but with The Promised Neverland on January 4th, I think, it's not too awful early. It's just a week sooner than Dr. Stone. Yeah, I'm excited for The Promised Neverland as well. There's so much to look forward to in January. It's just... I'm so excited. Yeah. But there's so much stuff that I'm going to be watching week to week. But with it being the second core, I need answers, man. It left on such a fucking cliffhanger. I just got to know. I got to know. Yeah, it did leave on on a interesting point. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into details or anything because if you haven't seen it, 
if you haven't seen any of the stuff that's coming out in January, whether it be Dr. Stone, The Promised Neverland, or ReZero, go watch it. Yeah, I feel like we reviewed Dr. Stone decently early on in recording this podcast, so I feel like a lot of, a lot of you guys probably haven't heard our episode on that, and I <laughs> also don't know if you want to go back and listen to it, because uh, we were pretty cringe back when we first started this podcast. But um, <laughs> I feel like we uh, might have started to hit our stride with Dr. Stone. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of around that time when we were fully getting into it. Dr. Stone is amazing, though, and I do highly recommend it. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely go check it out and get hyped for the second season, because I think it's one of my favorite animes of all time, specifically one of my favorite modern animes of all time. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely one of my favorite modern as well, just mm -hmm. because it's so grounded in realism, yet it's very fantasy-esque. The animation is phenomenal. The comedy in it is perfectly timed everything about it is great and just highly recommend watching it it's yeah ugh, so good yeah and i don't feel like you have to be specifically sciencey brained to be able to watch it and understand the science as well like you can absolutely hate science have failed every science class you've ever taken and still watch it feel entertained by it and understand what they're talking about stop taking shots at me woman <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was immediately aimed at me, having failed so many science classes. Actually, I never knew that you failed a science class. I never actually failed one. I just made failing grades, but always managed to bring my grades back with pity mm -hmm. from the teacher. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have never completed an individual science. How fun is that? I've only ever completed, like, science, as opposed to, like, biology, chemistry, physics, that kind of thing. I Although, I did complete psychology, but that's not really counted as a, a science, because it's not one of the cores. It was, like, a election, elective that you could take. Yeah, I guess it is more of an elective than an actual science, unless you go into college, and then it is actually a Bachelor mm -hmm. of Science degree. Yeah. But, in, in, yeah, in my high school, it wasn't counted as a science you had to you had to still take two other sciences and then you could take psychology on top schools get your shit together mm -hmm. because it's the same yeah. way here it's an elective and it's not a science you should make that a fucking science mm -hmm. yeah so technically i've never completed a science course because i dropped out uh towards the end of my first semester of 11th grade and never finished biology that i was taking that semester i also was at like 43 percent during that class by the time i dropped out i didn't care i was so done with school you sound like me in my first semester that I took Spanish. Yeah. Because I failed that so hard that literally Tyree, my best friend, and I had a race to see who could finish the final first by Christmas tree. I hate to admit it, but I lost by two questions. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's fine. Everything is fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not upset. It's like bullshit. I'll get revenge. <laughs> revenge! Uh, I'm looking at a, a caramilk bar in front of me, and I think they've changed their packaging, and it's throwing me off. Oh, is it snack time? It was snack time, but I didn't get to finish my snack time because it was too much sweet. So I ate four squares, and I have six squares remaining. That's a very specific number of squares, but also I'm disappointed that it's six and not five. But then it- because they're in rows of two. Uh-huh. And? So then you just have one floating around, because you can't break it on two corners. Sure you can. That's too much skill for me. <laughs> you know what? Valid. Just because it's you, that's that's valid. Yeah. No, I can only break them in 
there are rows. And then when I get to the last four, I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just be a monster and just take a bite out of a Kit Kat bar. Oh my god, people who do that are weird. <laughs> or it's like people that eat string cheese without peeling the cheese. They just nom it. I've done that a couple of times. You and monster. And it always feels really weird. <laughs> Anyways. Next piece of news. Is there any more news? No more news. No more news. So shall we get into the background of our topic before we just bullshit the rest of the podcast? Honestly, we are so on tangents today. Yes. Yeah. Shokugeki no Sama! The fifth plate. Yes. So as far as the background for the show goes, nothing has changed. But for those of you that didn't listen to the prior episodes where Blue and I covered seasons one through four, all in one go, because we're mad people like that. Yep. Here you go. It was initially a manga written by Yuto Tsukuda. Mm -hmm. It ran for a total of 36 volumes from November 26th of 2012 to its end in August 29th of 2019. It is a shonen, go figure, and it ran mm -hmm. in the weekly shonen jump, also go figure. It has had two spin-off series, a spin-off manga, and then a spin-off light novel as well. The light novel has three volumes. The spin-off manga has eight volumes. Mm -hmm. The TV show was made by JC Staff. Let me see what other shit they have done to make life simple. Uh, they have done Date Alive, one of my favorite harem anime of all time. Toradora, something we have scheduled for... February that I'm super excited for you to watch because this is an absolutely lovely show. Uh, da, 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 da. And they also did One Punch Man season two. Mm. So yeah, they've had a hand in a lot of somewhat pretty successful major, stuff. Yeah, pretty successful stuff. That's the way to go. Because mm. I know Data Live is on its third season with yeah. I think a fourth season in the works. So I mean, for hair anime, it's excelling. But I can see why it's such a likable show. Mm-hmm. So, and then One Punch Man has a, like, a pretty decent reputation going on about it right now. One Punch Man has a fucking cult following. Yeah. At least the first season. The second season, uh, it's questionable. Yeah. But that's mainly just because of the studio change. The fact that Madhouse didn't continue it. Although that's what it's known for. That's, yep. A lot of people are pissed off about that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back on track. Mm. So the series was directed by Yoshitomo Yonatani. Maybe. Uh, I probably butchered the fuck out of that. <laughs> but other things he has worked on, nothing big. At least as far as the director goes, Food Wars is all he's done that I even know of. So, yeah. Its run was from April 4th of 2015 until its official end on September 25th of this year, 2020. For a grand total of... 86 episodes and five OVAs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a pretty big show. Um, if you haven't seen it before, I don't know why you're <laughs> don't know why you're listening to this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if you haven't seen it before, I absolutely recommend it. The first season is definitely controversial when you first watch it. A lot of people decide that they hate it because of the first season, but it is really one of those ones where the first season is meant to kind of pick up a specific audience type mm -hmm. and it's yeah and then if it and then from there it progresses into a much 
more well-rounded show. You know what it reminds me of? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Black Clover. Or Black Clover reminds me of this, rather. Mm -hmm. In that it's almost like the creators didn't take it seriously at first. Yeah. They just wanted to see what they could get away with. But then it picked up so much traction. They're like, oh shit, this is popular. We can actually make something of this. Yeah. Well, I can completely understand why they thought that specifically with Food Wars, because it's a show about people that are making, about teenagers that are making food so good that it's literally orgasmic. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I have a friend of mine that she really enjoys anime. And she was thinking about giving Food Wars a shot. So she messaged me on Facebook and she was like, hey, what's your thought on Food Wars? And I was like, uh, excuse you, it's fucking great. Mm -hmm. I was like, honestly, it's my favorite food-centered anime of all time. She's like, wait, it's your favorite? There's more than one? I was like, uh, yeah. Think of the genre we're talking about here. It's anime. There's multiple yeah. of everything, except for rock climbing. There's only one that I know of. I only know of one of quite a few different types of sports genres. Mm -hmm. But yet, it's still <laughs> sports. So it's still, still sports, more of yeah. a broad, it's a very broad topic. So it was food. Food is, food. yeah, much more broad. It's not like they're making, yeah, I suppose there are, like, there's, there's a couple where it's like they're a baking or, like, patisserie or, like, cafe-scented food animes. Mm. But uh, Shokugeki no Sama Food Wars is, like, the only anime that I can think of that is food-based that covers the vast majority of food. Well, Food Wars, uh, Sweetness and Lightning is about cooking. It's not food in general. But then again, this show is about cooking. Mm. Uh, Restaurant to Another World. Uh, there's a couple other manga that ben I've read Breakfast that are very... Spirits. Yes. Yeah. That one about bread that I keep watching random episodes of. Um, there's a couple reverse harems that I think are based on uh, those, like, video games where you choose people that you want to be your boyfriend you know those ones oh uh fucking romance visual novels mm -hmm. yeah those and that uh, and there's like a couple of those where they made an anime season to advertise for the visual novel mm, and okay. so like yeah and so like the the main character like goes around and like interacts with all the boys like twice throughout the entire show and then never actually gets close to any of them because they want you to play the game and then get close to them and choose who you want there and it's like just an advertising thing i know there's mm -hmm. a couple of those interesting mm. but yeah hands down though food wars is by far my favorite food anime of all time so if you haven't seen it outside of the first season don't get me wrong the first season is good but after you've seen everything up to the point that blue and i have seen First season, kind of a lot of cringe. Uh, the first season for me has that kind of like sense of extreme hilarity to it because it's so bizarre that you your brain just kind of malfunctions while you watch it and you can't stop watching it. At least that's how it was for me. It was like I was watching it and I was like, this is nuts and I'm hooked. Oh, the first time I watched the first season through, I was immediately hooked because it was mm -hmm. so outlandish. I yeah. started watching Food Wars, I think, right as the second season was wrapping up. Yeah. So I binge-watched the first season and binge-watched the second season, I think, all in a matter of, like, a week. Yeah. Because it's just, it'll hook you. It's mm -hmm. odd. It's outlandish. It's it's a fucking acid trip. But it's, it's lovable. It's great. The comedy always, or 95% of the time, sticks. Mm -hmm. There's just so much to love about the show. 
watch the sub yeah. do not watch the dub the dub sucks yeah i've never seen the dub but yeah like the the first season is definitely not comparable to the rest of the anime in the sense that the rest of the anime is very much more of a serious anime like the plot is more well-rounded the characters are more developed the animation style actually changes throughout the anime as the characters grow which is one thing i've it genuinely really appreciate throughout the entire anime mm -hmm. something i don't see enough of and it, especially in like high school based animes kids change so much teenagers change so much from year to year mm -hmm. and it was really nice to see a high school based anime where they visually change agreed it was it's just a really nice touch to actually see that out of the show because mm -hmm. it just shows a lot of care was put into it yeah and uh and so yeah watching watching this final season it was kind of like a bittersweet thing i think for a lot of people because it, yeah you it's it was when you when it food wars first started it was kind of a secret it was one of those animes that like people watched and were immediately turned off of mm -hmm. and because a lot of people were immediately turned off of the people that continued to watch it kind of protected it it was like oh this is our little thing mm -hmm. and then the second season came out and a lot more people were like okay people are really like raving about this and they jumped on it and started to watch it as well and then by the time the third season came around it was like everywhere mm. and yeah so i feel like i don't know if you if you're gonna start watching it the first season it is extreme it's insane it's, it's certainly something i find it hilarious a lot of people wouldn't if you don't find yourself liking the first season i do recommend pushing through it to try the second season. If you still find yourself not liking the second season, don't keep watching. But I personally think that it's, yeah, I think it's amazing. Not only that, but give it a few episodes in the first season as well. The first couple of episodes are where the vast majority of the cringe takes place. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of starts working on itself a little bit. But by the time you get into the second season, it's a whole new animal. Yeah. <sighs> but that's all the background. So all the background. Okay, so I think we kind of get, went into an overview, but I'm going to go a little bit more into a, a detailed overview, specifically about character names, stuff like that. So it's based around, specifically, Soma, who is a young... When the season starts, when the series starts, he's a freshman in high school. And it starts off with him going to take his entrance exams to a food cooking school. And it's about him making friends, dealing with uh, the atmosphere of the school, the intensity of the school, also learning a lot about his own history and the people that he grew up around and like things about himself that he never knew that are like really important in this world of cooking that he just didn't know existed. And then it's about him learning specifically about, uh, and then it's about these like shokugekis, which are fights or like battles between chefs where they battle it out with a panel of three judges the judges then decide who is the best chef and that person wins and that's how the whole school functions mm -hmm. so spoiler chicken hats on if you haven't seen up to the fourth season and the fifth season uh, uh yeah no up to the fourth season i'm gonna start spoiling the fourth season now so if you haven't seen the fourth season go watch that <laughs> then watch the fifth season but uh yeah then Bunch of stuff happens, and now we're at the beginning of, of uh, yeah, now we're at, like, a time when everything has gone crazy. Soma is now the first seat at the school, and leading up into the fifth season, shit's gotten real, really, honestly. And at the very end of the fourth season, a mysterious man kind of appeared, 
And, uh, and yeah, it was kind of like fourth season kind of wrapped up a bunch of stuff, like a huge arc ended. And then it left on the cliffhanger of this random dude showing up. And I remember us talking about that and being like, I don't know how, you remember we were talking, we were saying that we didn't know how we felt about them just like sliding this guy in at the end of the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the fifth season is based on this mystery guy and I'm not going to spoil anything right now, but it's based on this mystery guy and it's based on a competition that includes a few of the now Elite Ten and Erina as well. And uh, it's basically a mission for all of the, for specifically Soma and Erina, I feel like more than anybody else, to really come into themselves with their cooking and confidence. Although Soma kind of already was there and this season was just kind of him proving it, as opposed to Erina, this is like more character development for her. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to put on the full spoiler hats. So if you haven't seen season five, go watch it. <laughs> full spoiler hats are on now. So, uh, uh, season five, I didn't take any notes while watching it. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I sat down to watch it again. I watched the first few episodes week to week. Then I got, uh, like, life got crazy and I stopped watching it week to week. It wasn't that things got dull or anything. I think what it was is there was a couple of moments where things got really, really intense and I needed to pause and take a break. I actually stopped watching mid-episode. Because I needed to pause and take a break because things got overwhelming. And sometimes that happens to me. Like, I'll, I'll be watching a, a show and things just get too much. And I need to just take five minutes. So I'll go and, like, make a cup of coffee or something. And whilst I was doing that, I obviously got distracted and never came back to the episode. So, so question. Yes. Was it episode one or two that this happened? It was episode two. So I guarantee you I know the reason why that you yes. stopped watching it. There was a, a specific moment in it that caused me to just be like, I need a breather. And uh, yeah, I never went back to it. Actually, I would almost beg to differ that it wasn't even that. So did you notice anything whenever you're looking at the Wikipedia pages about when this episode released in the next episode? It was announced when this episode aired that the show was going to be delayed for a season because of COVID. Oh! yeah that's yeah 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 yeah. so i must have paused it mid-episode then that's exactly what happened i remember i paused it mid-episode and was gonna go back to it and then it got delayed and so then there was no point me going back to it yeah because i messaged you and i was like son of a bitch yeah no that's exactly what happened yeah Yeah. i mean Um, honestly i could see you stopping for the reasons that you mentioned as well however yeah i just I was so, looking yeah, there was at no, it because I thought it was episode three when it got delayed, but I was wrong. It was episode, it was two. episode two. Yeah, so no, that's exactly why. So I got overwhelmed. And then whilst I was overwhelmed, I obviously got a message from Brad saying, hey, it's been delayed. And then I thought, well, there's no point me continuing watching it. So I'll just wait. And yeah. then I waited and waited and waited and waited. And now we're covering it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I didn't actually take any notes. So what I did was I watched the whole season and I then went onto Wikipedia and I saw their footnotes on the episodes and I used that as reference to build these notes. So these aren't anywhere near as detailed as my notes normally would be, but our last Food Wars episode was super freeform, so I decided to try and keep- I decided. I was lazy and then- because of that, we are now keeping this one also super freeform as well. So actually, let us know what ep- kind of episode you prefer. Do you prefer the ones with like the more structured notes? Or do you prefer these ones where I just kind of like take very basic stuff off of like Wikipedia or from episode descriptions and stuff and we go off of that and uh, just kind of like 
freeform it a little bit more. Let us know. But yeah, episode one is called Final Exam. And it's based on Soma and the Elite Ten taking their exams on the beach, where they have to come up with 3 million yen profit within three days. The rest of the grade are given existing restaurants whilst they get a rundown shack. New teacher Suzuki, mystery dude from the end of the last season, is super sus. And when they are actually able to open the restaurant on the third day, it's an uh, not an actual shack anymore, but uh, because they had to spend like the first few days like not making it a shack. And they're able to gather the hordes due to their smelly yakisoba. But wait, they can't have a summer holiday because I stop them. Wahahaha. Because I'm blue. Get it? <laughs> 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 so this whole yeah, no, season's they... about you. <laughs> the whole season is about me. Uh, no, uh, they go to a food cooking competition, or like they're gearing up to go to a food cooking competition called Blue, which was hilarious to me when I was watching it because I was like, "Yes, I will eat your food and tell you who is better." <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I would have loved to have been present for all the stuff in this cooking competition. I think there was only like two dishes that I would have been able to eat. But you've the, said the it yourself. Cakes. If you went to Japan, you would you would break your oath. That's true. And I would. try things. So I think uh, I everything would. in the show, even... I wouldn't... I still I wouldn't like, have eaten the me. shark fin soup. That's the one thing I wouldn't have eaten, which was, like, semifinals. There was a shark fin dish thing that was mm. included, and I refused to eat that because sharks are my favorite animals. I could Don't see touch that. my babies. I love <laughs> sharks. I have a shark onesie. It's my favorite thing. I was going to say, if you don't have one of those, I will buy you one. Yeah, no, I have a shark onesie. I have a Lego shark that my mom got me for Christmas last year because that's how obsessed with sharks I am, that at 22 years old, my mom was like, here, have a Lego shark. Enjoy it. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. But honestly, though, it's going to make shopping for you for gifts so much easier on me. You know what made me so upset? Hmm. I found a face mask that was a shark mouth and I was so excited and then I looked and it was for kids only. It was kid size. And then I've been searching everywhere for adult size shark face mask and they don't have one. And I'm so upset. Uh, have you looked at one of those sites to where you can create your own? No, I haven't. That's a good idea. You're welcome. I want a shark mask. Do it. Yeah. Anyway, episode two, the blue pl- preliminaries, pl- preliminary, preliminaries. <laughs> <laughs> The Blue Preliminaries. Erna has a special invite to the Blue Competition, uh, but the others don't. So they've got to battle it out and get one of the three spots to get through. Because there's only three and there's like hordes of people that are really good. So they have a bill fight thing with the theme being soup and the whole gang beef it out. And it turns out that Suma get Soma, Suma, it's because I said soup, soup, soup-ma. <laughs> <laughs> Soma ends up getting third, Takumi gets second, and Megami gets first. Surprise! Soma's dad gets beat? What? That's where I paused the episode. That was where I was like, nope, not happening. I mean, Chichiro honestly though, that was, not- that was just right off the bat too. And this was the episode that we got left on. Yeah. It was like, no, 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 you cannot do this. Yeah, because you and I were just absolutely gearing up to watch the hell out of this. And you and and I were were both watching it week to week. And we were both gearing up to see Soma finally be able to beat his dad. And Mm -hmm. it was like, there was no way in hell that I was expecting somebody else to beat Joichiro. 
I the only person I was expecting was Soma to finally win. Mm-hmm. Because we had had all the stuff of Dojima beating Saiba while they were in school, but we never actually saw it. Yeah. So to actually see Joichi lose, that was, ooh boy. Yeah. And Suzuki challenges Soma and wants to marry Erena. What? 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 Yeah. This, at the time, was creepy. By the end of the season, it's twice as creepy. Yeah, it was... It was even worse. Yeah. But it's... Uh... I give him a pass for what happens at the end of the season because he was oblivious up until the very end of the season. So he didn't know. Everyone so was oblivious except for yeah. fucking uh, Erin's dad. I don't even know if he knew until after... Because this is one thing that I didn't pick up while watching the show, but then I went onto Wikipedia to look to take notes and saw about this and i think i don't know if i was just distracted during this point of the show or i just didn't pick up on it but um i suppose i shouldn't get into this now we should get into it later okay we will return to this conversation yes because blue and i had two very different thoughts whenever it came to this particular topic and come to find out i was the one who actually got distracted because i'm a big old fucking idiot but then there's a whole nother level that i was even distracted on because i'm a big old idiot that we both missed Ooh, okay. Yeah, so I want to talk about that with you and 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 see your see your thoughts in a second. But yeah, let's beef through this and then we can get to theories and such. Beef. Episode three. <laughs> beef. I smell like beef. Have you seen that vine? No. It's a little kid who's staring out the window and he's crying and nobody knows why. He's just, I smell like beef. Beef or chicken? Beef or chicken? Beef or chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Beef. Beef. Yeah, okay, we're weird. Let's go. <laughs> Episode 3, Noir. Suzuki versus Soma commences. Suzuki kicks Soma's ass? What? Suzuki is actually called Ase- uh, Asahi Cyber, and Erina declines his proposal, so he bets her into it, basically. And turns out that he was actually Joichiro's... Jui- only student other than Soma, but Soma's his son, so it don't really count. Noir is an underground cooking gang, and Asahi is the leader of it. Joichiro finally tells Soma the secret to cooking, which just so happens to be cook for a person you care about, or something like that. Make food for somebody specific in mind. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the, the secret to cooking, that it took five seasons to find out. That we knew, like, a while ago. But yeah, he finally tells him. And so, Soma's like, Cool. The power of love is bullshit. <laughs> it's the power of love. Why did I feel like I sounded like Jesse from Team Rocket then? I mean, honestly, that's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> I need to perfect that and then I can have conversations between Jesse and Ash. Honestly, though, it's, <laughs> I, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but I was like just splitting in between all of my accents and impersonations all at once. And they were just like, they were just so enthralled by it. They're just like, Oh my God, how does he do it? And I'm like, it's, you just, for one, have to be really good at bullshitting, but two, you just have to like get good enough at transitioning to where your brain can automatically switch for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After you do a voice for a while, it just becomes super comfortable and you just don't even like think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okie dokie. Episode four, The Last Supper. 
Soma, Megami, and Takumi start the prelims. Erina, Saiba, and some of the Noir members all get bumped to a different level in the competition, leaving the trio at the start. Soma has to cook a gang chef's last meal, and Erina has been forced to battle every eliminated chef. The trio pass the first stage, and Tsukasa is also there as well, the previous first seat. Episode 5, Convenience Store Brawl. They have to make a gourmet dish from Combini Food when uh, and they gotta make it so good that it's worth a hundred dollars. Like it's gotta be a like a gourmet dish. They gotta make a hundred dollar profit. Soma fails his first try, but Sukasa shows him what he's supposed to kind of aim for, and Soma passes on his second try. Albini and Megali pass two, and Erana is then faced to uh, then has to face the eliminated contestants of round two as well. Round three then begins, and the bookmaster tells them that the winner will become her personal chef. Okay, both of us, I think, kind of had in mind who we thought the bookmaster was going to be. Were your assumptions correct? Yes. Mine were as well, but it took me a little while to get there. You see, I I saw it, and because at this point, we knew everything had to wrap up in this season. Yes. And yeah. all everything we talked about at the end of our last episode where we covered Food Wars. Mm-hmm. We laid out everything that we needed to know going into this. And the first thing we talked about, I figured out right off the bat. And which I think I broke to you as well. About who uh, <clears throat> I'll say he was. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't catch it because you didn't watch the ED whenever you watched the first couple of episodes. So I think I dropped that bomb on you. Mm-hmm. Because it spoils who Asahi is right off the bat with mm-hmm. ED in season five before it actually tells you, and that set me off. And I told Blue, mm-hmm. but then we never saw Soma's mother. We never saw Erina's mother, and there's just so many questions. And even Soma's scar, we yeah. never had explained. Yeah, and we were like at the end of our last podcast episode. Those were all things that we had brought up. Mm-hmm. And so everything just kind of slowly started ticking off in order. So Mm -hmm. the second that we had this random mysterious woman that we had no clue who it was, I my brain just immediately latched onto it. I was like, I know who that is. Yeah, see, I knew it was going to be somebody's mom. (laughs) I just didn't know it. I couldn't remember if Soma had said that his mom had had died or if like because there was there was this air of mystery around her and I couldn't remember if she had died or not. And so I was like, is it his mom or is it Erna's mom? And then, uh, and then the, when the picture came across and you first saw Soma's mom's face for the first time, which I think happened in like episode three or four, um, that's when I was like, okay, so it's not his mom, it's Erna's mom. Mm-hmm. So I like I was on the right track, but I wasn't like, oh, it's Erna's mom right off the bat. Um, but yeah, so they have to make the da, 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 da. Um, episode six, a midsummer Christmas. Three noir chefs pass easily with their weird methods. You got Chainsaw Girl, you got Wolverine Dude, except I think he was more like, is it Sabretooth that's Wolverine's brother? And I feel like he has the one with the nails, or is that the chick that's got like the spiky nails? Uh, uh, it's the, the chick had the chainsaw, you had the dude that had the claws, and Mm -hmm. then you had- And then there's the clown. Yeah, you had the clown with the balls, and then you also had the other dude that had like the fucking needle injector for blood. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that dude. Yeah, you got the needle injector for blood. But yeah. Um, and then later on, you also have the shaker dude as well with his Marty shaker. <laughs> that guy. Oh, yeah. my lord. Uh, yeah. 
don't think you could get away with that with American TV. No, you would be ostracized for that. Yep. Yep, that scene, that episode was, if that was not made in Japan, would be incredibly controversial, which I want to bring up later. Yes. But yeah, so you got Chainsaw, Wolverine, and Clown, who are, uh, who pass easily. However, the trio aren't phased and also pass easily as well. Soma then faces Chainsaw in a shogugeki, and their theme is Christmas cake. Soma... Yeah, and the theme is Christmas cake. She is doing pulling out all the stops with like bombs and the chainsaw and like something else. I don't know. There was a bomb, a chainsaw, and she also whipped out some other kind of thing to to, to make her Christmas cake. And the noir chefs actually have a really good reputation with the audience. The audience is loving what they're doing and not so much liking the kind of straight laced chefs of everybody else. They're liking these underground chefs. Episode seven: Cross Knives. Soma is declared the winner. Because he took into account the current climate, because they're in summer, but they're making a Christmas cake. And he took that into account, whereas she didn't. And then Juichiro and Grandpa end up talking about Soma's cooking history and the fact that he, like, knew to take into account that because of the fact that he grew up in a diner and therefore knew, like, how to take into, like, account what your customers wanted and stuff. It actually very much reminded me of the battle that Soma had between himself and Joichiro, where he was making a uh, food to, like, a breakfast food to wake up. Oh, yeah, the breakfast where Joichiro just showed up at the dorm, and so they cooked for uh, Megami, the The old lady, lady. yeah, and then uh, fucking Isaki. Yeah. It reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's kind of because they were talking about the, it, it, his history with cooking because of growing up in a diner and having to adapt to your customers. But I also feel like he learned a lot. I feel like that was also one of those moments where you know that could have been taken into account mm. as well. You know. But let me just say, out of both of those dishes, I would have much rather have tried Chainsaw Girls. It looked very fancy. It looked like I just wanted to take a bite out of it. I know my stomach would not have agreed with it because that's I feel like a it would have been lighter than. Uh, yeah, because they were talking about the fact that Soma didn't actually make his sweet at all, and that's why it was served in summer, even though it looked like it would be sweeter because it looked really rich in chocolate. Yeah, because his was naturally sweet, whereas hers yeah. was just sugar. Yeah, even though hers was like vanilla-y, strawberry-based, strawberry as opposed to his being like heavily chocolate. Mm-hmm. But because she was using, like, sugar, um, I feel like, yeah, it would have been much more sweet. Whereas he sweetened it with, like, Japanese yams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sukasa and Asahi are paired for the next round. And Asahi wants his grater to add to his collection. Cross knives engaged. Asahi wins. Aldini is up next in a team fight, but his twin is missing. What did you think about Tsukasa losing? I mean, it was to be expected. Yeah. But, I mean, it was in a fashion that you would expect, though. Yeah. Because it's leading Asahi into being this biggest badass that can Mm -hmm. take the specialties of people whenever he takes their knife and cross it with his own to create something super unstoppable and unbeatable. Mm -hmm. So it was... It was to be expected, and it's still, like, Tsukasa still put up a hell of a fight mm-hmm. with it. Everybody loved his stuff, but it was, this whole arc was essentially building Asahi to eventually go up against Soma. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to build him into this unstoppable little shit. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, especially with the way that Tsukasa left the school in season four, he's kind of in a sort of vulnerable state in cooking at the moment because he's exploring himself. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it was it was uh, it was absolutely expected because like he had to progress through the competition. But um, I also feel like it wasn't they did it in a way to make it so that it wasn't damaging on Sukasa's character and skill level because in your brain you have this thing of like oh yeah but he's transitioning right now. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but none of the losses that occur in this season are damaging in any way. No. Yeah, because it's. An elite competition, so if an elite battles an elite, and it's, you know, nose-to-nose, like a brawl, and someone ends up losing, no one's damaged by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a pretty even competition throughout, uh, which I enjoyed. There were a couple of times where there was a clear difference in skill level, like with Aldini versus Erina. Yeah, that one, and then Megumi and... Uh, yeah. Those yeah. two were both very clear differences. Mm-hmm. But, then but then you have an upset for the next one that is, you know, it's there's very clearly a difference, but the upset makes up for it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And like by this point in the show, I don't know if you felt this or if it was just me, but after Soma lost to Asahi in the second episode, it you know that he's not going to. Like, you know this is the last season. You know that it's all wrapping up. You know that if he faces him again, there's like he's it's a guaranteed win. So I feel like you needed a loss of a character that you didn't expect was going to lose to happen throughout this season to make it so that it didn't feel like it was too predictable. We can get to it once we get everything wrapped up because there's one there's one way I would have much preferred to have seen this take place. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that whenever we get there. Because okay. I I agree with what you said and that you knew in the end Soma was going to come out on top. Yeah. However, whenever that time came in the episode, if you read the title of the episode and you also know that the show doesn't care to make Soma lose, I was even like, oh shit, are they really going to do it? And then have... Erina be the one to take down Asahi? Yeah, because that that was plausible, specifically with the with the name of the ep- of episode eleven. Yeah, because I read the episode title before I started it, and I was like, "Are they really going to go that route?" Because I suspected I... they might, mm-hmm. because especially the way that they were telling the story up to that point. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that. Well, they definitely named that episode on purpose to to freak you out. It threw yeah. me for a loop. <laughs> mm. Episode 8, The Missing Half of the Moon. So Don has kidnapped uh, Isami, and this is the episode where this wouldn't fly in Western countries. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this wouldn't fly. So he can help. So he can't help Takumi. And they're making a, uh, a parfait-type thing. It's like a layered... It's an amuse-bouche. It's like a little meal that you have before your appetizer. And I think yeah. it's like a... Uh, verene or something. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember what it's called. But it's like a a parfait thing is what they both choose to make. Yeah. But they're not necessarily sweet. I think one of them is like a layered savory appetizer type thing that looks like a parfait because it's like a gelatin style setup. Yeah, and it's a glass thing, and you look at the layers and stuff. Yeah, and that's what they're making. And because Isami is has been kidnapped. 
Takumi doesn't have a partner. And the Don guy is like making his thing and he actually makes it and finishes it and serves it before Soma steps in to actually help Takumi. And they win with their yin yang looking thing. So instead of doing like horizontal stripes, they ended up doing like a vertical thing and made it like a yin yang thing. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And they have really good teamwork because of the constant competition. Competition. <laughs> The constant they end up having competition. Yeah, competition. They have really good teamwork because of the constant competitions that they have been having over the last year specifically, but basically since Soma arrived at, at the school in first year. Because, like, Takumi was his first rival. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's... Well, like, they... I disagree well, Aaron slightly, I yeah. Yeah. But Takumi was the first rival that he went up against head to head because Erina and him hadn't like cooked for each other. Soma had had like served her food by the time that Takami came in, but like she hadn't like he hadn't eaten hers. Yeah. But yeah. still the I I pretty much figured from the very beginning where she said his food was disgusting and he was just like, Oh, I'm gonna make you say it's delicious one of these days. I was like, boom, rival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Takumi comes uh, along and I was like, boom, another rival. Another (laughs) rival. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yeah, I'd say that Takumi is the first one that he went like head to head against. Yeah. And yeah, so they've been having like a a bunch of different competitions. Kuga and Satoshi have rescued Isumi and the gang finds Erina and the bookmaster tells her that she, that the God's Tongue has no place here and Erina is acting weird. But yeah. The bookmaster says, mm, ain't no place for a god tongue. And yeah, Aaron is like acting all sorts of weird. I mean, I would probably be acting all sorts of weird if some random dude came up to me and said, I'm going to marry you. Let's bet on it. I would probably be acting weird too, but like. Yeah, same. But she's she's acting extra weird. And episode nine, the god's tongue's despair. Erina easily wins her first 1v1 and is now, now it's Megami's turn. She is facing Wolverine dude, Hyung. And Megami wins through her lunch patter, patter, platter, ladder. (laughs) Platter. Platter. And yeah, they had like a 15 minute time limit thing and they had to like pop it out quick. And Megami wins because she's comfy. So <laughs> she is though. That's why she wins. She wins because she's comfy. Yeah. The gang go to confront the book master, but Erina is already there. She's Erina's mother. I put called it in brackets. Yeah, that's whenever I text you and I was like, I called it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got to that point, I was like, I know what that message was about. Um, yeah. <laughs> Her name is Amana. Which always just made me think of Diablo, but sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why Diablo <laughs> specifically, considering a lot of things in Mana Potions and like Mana in general, but it specifically made me think of Diablo. She can't eat food. Basically what happened is when the god tongue develops far enough in life, the palate gets so sensitized to food and like overused and like used to gourmet stuff and the palate keeps developing and developing because everybody's palate develops throughout life and as her palate develops the god's tongue palates develop um it makes it to the point where they like can't keep food down food is too disgusting for them to be able to keep down and so that's kind of why she was throwing this competition and specifically why she called in noir all of these underground like dirty chefs that are stealing food from other places and and only cooking for like gang 
you know, leaders and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. she's tried all of the mainstream chefs and none of them were able to create anything that she could actually eat. And so she called in all of these like underground chefs to be able to see if they could make something for her to actually find palatable. And that's also why one of the rewards of the competition is to become her personal chef. But it's also another reason as to why she was saying the god's tongue has no place there because the god's tongue can't create food that can compa- that can surpass the god's tongue in her opinion. Mm-hmm. So Erna and her mom have a wonderful relationship. Um, so wonderful. So wonderful. Takami faces Erna. Megami faces Asahi, and Megami actually puts a further challenge on Asahi after she overhears him being a dick to Erana. And Asahi was like, okay, if I win, you can't be friends with Erana. And er- uh, Megami's like, okay, but if I win, then you need to like lay off. He wins and Erana wins as well. And then Asahi says, instead of you being not being friends with Erana, I want you to deliver a message. And I can't remember what that message was. It was like... So the message was, and it wasn't even deliver a message. It was, instead of you not being able to be friends with her, you're going to tell her that I have your blessing to marry her. Uh, I was like, oh, that's dirty. Yeah, yeah. You're going to support this marriage. It's like, ew. Ew. (laughs) Oh my god, ew. But yeah, they both win. And Soma ends up standing up for Erna, and I'm sure this makes the Soma Erna fan boys and girls swoon at this moment. I mean, I swooned. Did you swoon? Did Soma that was swoon like, you that was my feet? biggest that was my biggest ship out of this whole show was those yeah. two. Yeah, because that's what we were talking about at the end of season four, is that we both kind of knew that this was the direction that, were, that they were gonna take. But um I remember in season one, a lot of people were uh, shipping Soma with Megami. And honestly, I still can. But after episode 13 of this season, I just, I couldn't anymore. Yeah, I feel like this season specifically made, uh, and maybe some of the last season as well, you start to see this kind of like sibling relationship between Megami and Soma. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now, if somebody tried to ship them, even without the relationship with Soma and Erina, I think I would still find it a little bit, I don't know, awkward, if awkward's the right word. I would find it a little bit like, oh, this doesn't quite fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely doesn't fit as well. But like I said, episode 13, just really, just the way it ends, puts that nail in the coffin for me. Yeah, I feel like Megami needs someone who is maybe a little bit more rough around the edges. Like, I feel like she needs someone that's because, I mean, she grew up in a fishing town surrounded by fishermen. I feel like she can handle some big personalities. And not that Soma isn't a big personality, but I could see her being with someone that's more, like, brooding and, you know, grumpy. Ryu. Yeah, honestly. Because uh, Alice and... Spicy Boy. Uh, yeah, Spice Boy. So either that or I could see uh, I could see Megami and Takumi. Oh, they would be cute. I feel like they just work well together. Yeah, and they would make then some damn does- good food. Comfy Italian? Comfy Italian food? Can you imagine just eating pizza and just wanting to take a nap? Yes, I can imagine that. That's like, I wish that was my life every day. (laughs) Yes, please. But then who does Isumi get? The the butcher girl. The one with the red hair. The wild game girl. No, because that's, uh, that's Tsukasa. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, I thought you were going to go with, uh, the secretary, whose name I can't remember now. Oh, she would be cute. Um, I can't remember her name either. We're doing so bad with so bad, so bad with names. But then, like those guys were very, very briefly shown throughout this 
this season. It was mm-hmm. specifically mainly about Arana and Soma, and then Megami and Takumi were like in it somewhat. But even in like the early rounds of the preliminary preliminaries, um, even though like Megami and Takumi were supposed to be in it with Soma along the same stages, they were split off into different groups pretty much every time. And they all kind of got their own episode to shine because after those episodes to shine individually, there was no more. Yeah. It was all just Soma, 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 Soma. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this is very much a season surrounded by him. You get very little, like, side plots except for the villain and then Erna. Mm. But that's kind of that's kind of what it needed because you've had all your opportunities for growth going into this point. Yeah, 100%. My biggest complaint with the season was that it felt kind of rushed. I feel like the season could have been too core and everything could have been drug out a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I could see it being, being too core quite comfortably. But I don't feel like it could have been more than that and maybe not even too core, maybe a core and a half. I wouldn't have minded having, if you did it a core and a half, I wouldn't have minded having the rest of that half be the storyline of everyone else working on the stuff behind the scenes that we got a glimpse of at the end of episode 13 that they kind of spoke about and like showed a bit, but they didn't actually go into detail. Because I think that it would have been pretty sick to get some like OVA style episodes of those guys going in and like destroying Noir from the inside. Or honestly, just a whole episode, because I feel like everything else taking on during Blue could have been another five episodes maybe mm, yeah because especially the last two shokugekis i feel like could have been full episode and a half to two episodes a piece in fact mm-hmm. i feel like they needed to be a full two episodes i'm fine with everything being as it is it's just i could a little have used more. <sighs> no because the ending was very satisfying i just feel like i could have used for more mm-hmm. it yeah. was like my brain is like, you know, you should really go back for seconds, but you're full. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. sense? You got room for dessert and there ain't no dessert. Yeah. But yeah. Episode 10, Surpassing Dad. Erina explains that uh, the curse of the God's Tongue, which I actually explained earlier, but there you go. And Erina begins to doubt herself and Soma and even more. And she's basically starting to put her reliance on Asahi. Soma, Erina, and Asahi advance uh, quickly through the brackets, and you don't even get to see that. They just kind of, like, skip through it. Until the last semifinal. They don't actually show Erina's semifinal. You only get to see the semifinal between uh, Asahi and Soma, and it's just assumed that Erina's already passed hers. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, did I write that? Oh, the gangs. The whole gangs. <laughs> I was like, what? what did I write? What is that word? The whole gang's there to support Soma, which is nice. You get to see all the other faces pop up from previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And the theme is the five grand cuisines. Now, I have a quiz for you. Can you name all five? Italian. Yes. French. Yes. Indian. Yes. Uh, uh, Chinese. Yes. The last one's tricky. Uh, 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 uh. Think Thanksgiving and Christmas, the main thing you have. Turkish. Yeah, (laughs) Turkish. It's so odd. Like, I would have assumed Greek before they went with Turkish. Mm -hmm. But that's just, that's the way my brain thinks, because I'm more used to seeing Greek food than I am Turkish food. Yeah, Turkish food is, is not very common in North America at all. You're way more likely to see a Greek restaurant than you are Turkish. And it's one of those things, too, to where I feel whenever I see food blogs from around the world and everything else that Turkish isn't really mentioned 
that often. Neither is Greek. So whenever I heard the five grand cuisines, I was like, hold the fucking phone. I feel like probably some of the reason for that is the influence of Turkish food as opposed to the popularity of Turkish food. Mm -hmm. Because I expect it's probably had a huge influence in like the way that spices are done, yogurts, things like that are incorporated into food as opposed to like mass consumer market. Yeah. And Soma, yeah, Soma's deemed the underdog. The crowd are loving Asahi. They have been backing him since the first round. And we're back to Soma being the underdog, which has been a while since we found underdog Soma, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. It's nice that they end it the way that it started with him just being a diner boy. There were so many throwbacks in this season that mm-hmm. my heart just couldn't take it. I was like, yes, give it yes. to me. Yes, a throwback. And episode 11. This is the tricky one. This is the one that makes you doubt what's going to happen during this season because it is titled The Taste of Failure. Dun, dun, dun. The match continues. Mana ends up trying Asahi's dish and the gifting happens. So Soma's like, eh, ain't over yet. Try mine too. And she tries his. And the gifting also happens. But you don't find out the result until the next episode, episode 12, The Perfect Rocks. Mana explodes even more because the, ex- the gifting wasn't enough last episode. You need more gifting. So more gifting happens. Plot. <laughs> right. And Soma is declared the winner. Asahi only has the flavors of other chefs and uh, Asahi wants a family. So basically what happens is that because he's got like this, it's kind of the same plot that they used with the copycat dude who ended up helping Soma with his Chinese restaurant during the like festival, school festival, that dude. Mm -hmm. He, yeah, like it's kind of that same thing of like, you're able to take on other chef skills, but you can't create anything of your own. You can't find your own flavor. And that's kind of the same thing that happened with Asahi here, is that he was a much more higher-level skilled version of that, but he wasn't able to create something that had his own signature to it, whereas Soma has been trialing and, and erroring and making things that failed the taste of failure over and over and over again his entire life. And not just that, he's also been surrounded by other people that were doing the same, specifically his mom, who was doing that throughout his entire childhood. And because of that, he was able to come up with things that other people wouldn't ever dream of or ever think of because they, in their mind, goes, oh, that'll never work. But because he tries it and fails, he's able to find a way that it does work. So, yeah. And And also getting to see Soma's mom in this episode was just, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and I think this is the episode where you learn about how Soma got his scar as well. It was, and for those that don't know, he fell in the kitchen, and he managed to protect, yeah, like, he protected the fish, but somehow managed to cut his eyebrow. We don't know how it happened, we just know that it actually happened. They actually brought it up. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing that I didn't think I was ever going to get an explanation of, that I spoke about during our last podcast episode, that I said, I want to know how Soma got his scar, and I was so happy that we now know. And I don't even mind that it's so mundane. Like, I really mm-hmm. like that they included that, that it's, it makes him more human. The fact that we got answers to all of our questions just it's made so satisfying. me- so Yeah. Like, it just, 
I think that's why I'm satisfied with it, even though I feel like I wanted more. The fact that they wrapped up literally everything to where I have no questions left. Yeah. Just makes me happy. Yeah, me too. So Soma actually ends up asking Asahi why he wanted to marry Erina. And uh, basically, Asahi just wanted a family. Like, he's he's been alone his whole life. He was working in and out of like foster cares and adoption centers and he has like this um relationship with Soma's dad where Jitro came and like found him and and he like kind of took him under his wing and became his his food dad his cooking dad and then his wife died and he had to go home to raise Soma and so he asked Asahi to come with him but Asahi turned him down because that wasn't, like, he didn't know Soma and, and he wanted to be, like, I guess the only child. Like, he wanted someone to just choose him. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't want to have, like, Soma around. So he said no. And then he always had this kind of, like, revenge plot against Soma since then. And then that included with his longing for a family kind of persuaded him that Erina was the person he wanted to set his sights on. Which is interesting because of how the next episode goes. But yeah. Soma wins and he goes to like Erina to be like, yeah, I won. And Erina is really cold to him. Erina's mom and dad reminisce. Mana, they, okay, so this is the thing that I was talking about where I said I missed this. But Wikipedia says it happened. Apparently, Mana, I, I knew about this bit. She tasted a connection between Erina's dad and Asahi yes. through their food. Yeah, I mm-hmm. knew about that. The bit that I didn't pick up on was that apparently she then goes and tells Gramps that there's a connection between the two of them. She just basically reiterated that point to Gramps. Okay. Like because she said she tasted the same thing in Asahi's cooking that she tasted in uh, Azami's cooking. Yeah. With the, like, just the that sap- they felt like, like they were it. cooking to, it was just empty. Yeah. See, I got that much, but I didn't, in, Wikipedia interprets that as her finding a, blood connection between them you see i i just in, none of that i interpreted that conversation of her with gramps as saying i think we need to do something about him like now take him under our wing whatever before he turns into like before it becomes way much more of a big deal like he's lost right now we need to like make him feel comfy that's how i interpreted that conversation i did mm-hmm. not interpret it as her being like hey there's something up there between the two of them. Yeah, you see, I, again, I had the same thought with you on that one, but then you and I had two vastly different thoughts on how everything, like on how the next episode yeah. talks about all that. Because again, I apparently missed flashback because I'm an idiot, and the I guess I looked away for two seconds. Yeah, well, the flashback, was A, it was like there was no talking about it, like through it. B, it was very quick. And C, I feel like it was decently misinterpretable in the way that it happens. I'll explain it when we get into it. But yeah, episode 13, Food Wars. We finally have the name of the show in the episode name. (laughs) It took five whole seasons. It did. Oh, forgot something about episode 12. Um, Gramps Gramps reveals that he purposefully made the Generation of Miracles, which was actually pretty cool to see. That it wasn't just like a, uh, just so happens. It was like, no, he searched for people to try and help Erina. Mm-hmm. Which explains a lot. And I like that they included that in there. Yeah, because it's, you know, we realize Totsky is 
like Japan's top cooking school, but it seems like it's very much just Japanese chefs. Yeah. Whereas with this generation, there's a bunch of foreigners. Yeah. And they're all vastly different. Like, look at Polar Star, for instance, and all the amount of people that it had in there. Yeah. And even all the side characters were handpicked by Gramps. Yeah. Like, that was really cool to see, and it made a lot of sense. Again, like, subtle things that we didn't realize we needed, but I'm very glad we got it. 100%. Yeah. It was very, very well thought through. So, yeah, episode 13. Soma makes Erena the first dish he ever served her, but better. Gifting happens. And then a lot of gifting happens. So much gifting that the building gets gifted. Yeah, the building gets gifted. The clothes don't just get gifted, they get shredded. Yeah. It was it was gifting beyond gifting. Yeah. Also, I want to just, like, round of applause to those, like, concierge workers or whoever, like, were working at that stadium that were able to give people back their exact clothing in between the, the rounds. Hey, like, man. that was, like, an hour between shows, and they were able to get everybody back their exact clothing. Like, a round of applause to those hard workers. Maybe the people just brought spare clothes, man. Of the exact same. Yes. I mean, don't you have two of the exact same outfits on hand at all times? Funnily enough, I just so happened to have one here I prepared earlier. I mean, I have exactly the same bamboo socks, jeans, underwear cloak t-shirt and cloak hoodie that i'm wearing right now i have an exact replica just in case someone decides to eat something delicious and my clothes explode <laughs> Don't could you imagine if they... though, those stay on for some unknown reason <laughs> and with the occasional exception yes with the very occasional exception <laughs> but only when there are strategic other things to be placed around but it's also crazy how certain people did not get their clothes back. Like Meat yeah. Meat, for instance, was wearing a robe. Yeah. Like a bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's one of those things. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, gifting happens. Erna kind of gets her, her uh, oh my god, my stomach. Did you hear that? Uh, I think I did. I think that the was mic loud. did pick that up. That was loud. Okay. Um... Erna kind of gets knocked back into her senses again, which we do appreciate because we love Erna the way that she is. And she refuses to say that it's delicious. And she uh, says that uh, the reason why it's not delicious is because I'm going to do better. Like, perseveres and ends up beating Soma, even though you don't get to see her cook. Which, at first, I was frustrated with, but then we actually got a flashback of the award ceremony. So, like, fuck it, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Soma ends up getting second place. So then we get a party at the Polar Star Dorm, which I really appreciate that they went back there. And yeah, get a party there where the rest of the gang are all there to celebrate his second place. And then he pulls a move that his dad would pull and just like leaves a note and ups and leaves for but a few months. But it was very much a Soma style note. <laughs> it was. Uh, um, I got a chuckle out of that one. Yeah, it was a Soma style moat, uh, note, but a Juichiro style move. And I assume his, his mom wrote notes like that. So yeah, it was very much of a his character. Yep. And yeah, he goes around to learn more about cooking and stuff. And whilst he's doing that, we get a flashback of all of the rest of the gang taking down Noir behind the scenes during the competition. And uh, Erna's family also come to get to come home and they also get Asahi. It turns out 
it's confirmed that he is Eleanor's half-brother. So he was aiming to marry his little sis. That must have been some awkward dinner table conversations. Just a bit. Yeah. And then everyone returns to the diner and we end off the show, we end off the season at the original diner that started it all. And we get a flashback to season one because the tentacles come back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so much so cooking something real bad. But what humored me the most is that he got Arina to eat the peanut butter charbroiled squid. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that it showed him forcefully shoving it in each individual person's mouth, including Arina's, I got a massive chuckle out of that. Yeah, yeah. You know she's officially initiated into being part of the gang when she's been forced to eat something gross. Yep. But then also, again, it was this season that put the nail in the coffin of all the other ships because Erina talked about at the end, but how after she had that last dish from Soma at the uh, finals of the blue, that that's just what her heart longed for, was for his cooking. I was like, oh, it's so sweet. So sweet. Yeah, no, I think they're a really good pair. I like that they have a solid rivalry between the two of them. And uh, I like that they would be totally fine with each other's kind of like lone wolf behavior. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't think that he would be a good fit for Megami. Because I feel like Megami needs some, like she would prefer to have someone who she can like live with all the time and like make a business together with, you know? Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like Soma and Erna are both going to do their own separate projects and meet up like twice a year. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a Goku-Chi-Chi relationship, and that Goku dies and goes off training in the afterlife for five years, but comes back home like nothing happened. Mm. It's very much that type of yeah. relationship. Yeah, I feel I feel like Megami would need someone that's more like, let's start a restaurant together, you know? Work on projects yeah. together. Very much more family-oriented. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense to her character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So... Okay, let's talk about this half-brother thing. Let's talk about what you thought it was going to be. So, I missed a flashback where... So, there's a flashback of Asami going to a... Like a bar. Bar. Yeah, Yeah. like a bar in America. And he's like, I made a mistake. And it Mm -hmm. apparently shows him with a woman, according Mm -hmm. to Blue. And that's whenever he said he made a mistake. Yeah, it's just like a silhouette of a woman while he's sitting in a bar with a drink in his hand. And, like, the the over-voice of it is just like, yeah, I made a mistake. And so my immediate interpretation was, oh, love child. Yeah, I missed that. Now, granted, at the time, I watched that episode while I was splitting kindling. So I was half paying attention, and so it was just easy for me to miss that, because it was one of those blink-and-you-miss-it moments. Yeah. To where I caught literally everything else, but it was just such a, that short of a scene to where all I heard and read was I made a mistake. I didn't get to pay attention to anything else. Mm-hmm. So I took it as whenever they went to go get Asami, that they were just going to get him because uh, Arina's dad was telling Arina because he was going to leave. And he's like, I'm going away for a while because I'm going to go get Asahi. And Aaron is just like, why? And he said, because I've already abandoned one child. I can't abandon another. And so I just thought how he abandoned Arina so he could enact his plan to take over Totsuki to try to, you know, be able to get Arina taken care of. I just thought he's like, oh, okay. Well, he sees so much of himself in this kid. He's going to... 
you know, go back and get him to make sure he doesn't go down the same path of self-destruction. And then Blue was like, nah, fam, you missed something. And I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, no, no, they're half, like, that's half brother and sister. And then when I messaged him that, and then Brad told me what he thought, I was like, did I just dream that? Like, am I, am I, what happened in my brain? Does, are they not, not related? And then Brad Googled it and turns out that I was correct. But yeah, I, I didn't pick up on the fact that Mana was the one who originally thought that they were connected. I figured that Erin's dad kind of saw a resemblance, like, cause I never really understood how Erin's dad knew that that was his kid because he never stepped in when he was talking about like marrying Erina, even though he was around for some of it. And so I was like, okay, well, he obviously doesn't know that's his kid. Otherwise he would have put a stop to that real quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he so did. The show kind of retconned it. So I, I don't take any offense to it. Although I wish I could have seen, I'll say you should have at least apologized. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we didn't get an apology is to where I'm just like, what 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 the fuck? Yeah. But I although mean, I like how Erina was really smug about it in the last episode where you mm-hmm. get the like the scene of them at a family dinner. Yeah. Chosen Nichan. Yeah, not only that, but Asenichan. Which yeah. I lost it. I was yeah. like, that is hilarious. Yeah. Because it's just said in such a condescending way. To where I feel like we got our payback on it, and that like she's digging at him. Yeah, but like he wanted to marry me, but you're my brother. Yeah, so it was, which is very Erina. I'm not gonna discount that at all. But the fact that we didn't get an apology was just bleh. yeah. I remember watching that final episode and just being like, <laughs> gross. That's so gross. Uh, agreed. Yeah. But again, they made up for it, so I can't I can't take anything away from it. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those things where I'm, like, pissed about it, because, like, I would have been pissed about it if he knew. <laughs> but, like, because yeah. everyone was kind of real ignorant about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's weird. <laughs> I'd prefer that they weren't blood-related, but um, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I like my version of things better, but we'll just, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, I, I I don't know how I feel about the big blood. Re- I mean, I don't like that they're blood related. That makes me feel real weird. And it makes me not necessarily want to watch the season again, because now I'm going to have to go through all of that cringe knowing that they're blood related. And that makes me feel all kinds of weird. But it should make it a little bit more, I guess, understandable now that we actually have answers. Because yeah. again, every, no one knew. Yeah. So of course, with him being as full of himself as he was with his cooking, why would he not pursue the god tongue? Yeah. So it And he makes all he sense. wanted was a family. Like he just wanted somebody to like hold him and tell him everything was going to be okay. And like, you have to like, I mean, you definitely got a soft spot for him when you go and see the flashbacks with him with Jutro and and everyone else in the orphanage and and stuff like that. Like, you get those, like, feels for him. And, like, he's not a bad guy. He's a bit of a dick, but he's not a bad guy. He's just, he's egotistical. Like, he very much fits the, you could tell he was raised by Joichiro. Yeah, and you can also tell that he, like, it's very insecure. Like, it's very much a front. It's not... His mm-hmm. actual behavior. I wouldn't even mind, like, a couple of OVAs on, like, him developing his character a little bit more and us seeing who he is as a person. Because, like, obviously the person that we saw him as is not him. That's him with his defenses up and his walls up. Mm-hmm. But that little moment with Joichiro after he lost to Soma and Joichiro was just like, you don't have to worry about a family because you'll always be my, like, food cooking son. Cooking son, yeah. Yeah, cooking son. I was like, oh, that's sweet. 
Yeah. It's like, but I, yeah. I, I, I would have, I wouldn't have even, alternate ending. <laughs> if this had happened, I would have been satisfied of Joey Chiro having a conversation with him and him walking away and then Soma having a conversation with him and being like, so, you know, I learned that you're like basically my brother. So like, come home. <laughs> And then, like, them becoming siblings. Yes. Like, that would have been fine, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, shall we get into how I would have preferred the ending of this season to play out? Yeah, let's hear it. So, instead of it being uh, Soma and Asahi in the finals, and or Soma and Asahi in the semifinals, and Arina just breezing through her semifinal match, what I would have preferred is Arina and Asahi in a semifinal match and Soma and Tsukasa in a semifinal. Okay. Because Soma has still not defeated Tsukasa in a one-on-one. True. And so I feel like had he actually done that and then went against Asahi, he still would have been at a major disadvantage. But it still would have been more character development. Because then, had Soma beat Asahi in the actual finals, then Arina still could have had the moment of, no, this isn't okay. You can't be the one to, you know, please my mother's palate. It has to be me. So I'm challenging you to a Shokugeki right now to actually see who gets to be that person. Right. Interesting. And then that still, that whole last scene still could have played out as it was. But for one, Soma could have got his victory. So he would have got the big trophy. But it could have just been a little bit more character development on Erina's part. And she still could have had the whole confidence boost thing after trying Soma's dish and all that other stuff. But I feel like it could have been a little bit more grand for the semifinals instead of having it be soma and asahi in the semifinals which was what the whole season was leading up to and that happened in episode 11 and was very quickly squashed with finding out who won at the beginning of episode 12 to where we didn't even get the match with soma and arena until episode 13 halfway through right so i feel like there's just more they could have done with it yeah i i kind of get you get your feel on that i i don't know which one i would have preferred i feel i mean i like this one obviously this one Played out, actually. So it's more prominent in my brain. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that Asahi beat Tsukasa because it really established how strong he is as a chef and mm-hmm. made him a really big villain. So I feel like he needed to defeat someone on that same level earlier on in the competition like he did Tsukasa. But if you're going to go with your plot, I feel like they could have included somebody else that had done really, really well from the year that had already left. For them to a beat to still establish that same plot line. Like if Tsukasa came was, back with somebody else. It was Soma and Erina that beat uh, Tsukasa and Rinchan. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very much established that Erina was the one who got them that victory. Yeah. So we already knew that Erina was the reason that they beat Tsukasa and Rinchan, even though Soma assisted. So it's still established right then that Arina was a stronger chef. Than yeah, I just think that that might have happened too late in the season. I feel like you needed something right off the bat. Well, I suppose he beat Jichiro. Then, okay, if that's the case, then I would have liked to have seen that happen. But then he was still shrouded in mystery at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You just knew that he was stronger than Jichiro, which again, I still feel like that established that point right off the bat anyway. Yeah. I also wouldn't have minded in um, episode 13, I feel like episode 13 could have been a movie, to be honest, of having a uh, polar star 
fight between Soma and Jujuro. Honestly, like a true brawl between the two and then having Soma actually come out on top. I would have been okay with that because then at that point, Soma actually overcame his dad too. I wouldn't have even minded like a a reverse Shokugeki where they're trying to make the worst one and Soma beats his dad in the worst. And then they start like the competition of that and Soma beats his dad 500 times in the worst food. So his dad can make the best food, but Soma can make the worst food. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I would be fine with that as well. Yeah. Especially considering Soma takes after his mom and his mom Mm -hmm. was the worst chef. Oh yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm there's... I'm completely satisfied with the show. I don't personally feel like I needed more. I the things that I want more are like luxury items, you know, like <laughs> like OVAs of little things here and there. But I'm very mm-hmm. satisfied with the show. Oh, I am I'm very satisfied with it. I know we had talked about before we sat down to watch for this season. We're just like you know things need to come to an end while they're good, but we still don't want to see it go. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Glad to see it go, but I'm happy with how it went. Like, I am 100% satisfied. It's like you said, I could go with, you know, dessert sprinkled in here or there with little things. But ultimately, I'm pleased with it. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I I like the storyline. I'm going to give season five a solid nine out of ten. So we agree. Yeah, you're on the same wavelength. We are. Now, OP and ED. We didn't talk how about How did this. you feel? To be honest, the OP got skipped a lot, not because it was bad, just because the show was intense and I needed to get through it. Mm-hmm. I like the animation through it. I liked that that I thought it was cute. And yeah, I thought they were very listenable. They were. Now, considering how much of a break we had between the rest of Food Wars and this season, the OP, had it been on any other show, I would have hated Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was Food Wars and the fact that it was basically a callback to the first OP, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I can listen to all the time because it's not my brand of J-pop, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. I think it fit the show, so therefore I have no issues with it. The yeah, I ED, really li- on the other hand, was great. Yeah, I really liked how they used the OP throughout like emotional moments. And they didn't just use the same OP, they transitioned it into like a piano version at one point. There was like they they shaped the OP, but you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah. And I feel like they brought back old OPs throughout this as well. They did. I feel like they brought back the first one at some point in like the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. to where I heard it and I was like, <gasps> That's the first I love OP. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so many callbacks that just made my heart happy to where I feel like a nine is still understating it just a little bit, but I don't like giving quarter points on anything. I also don't feel like it was a 9.5 either. Yeah, I really liked that little moment where one of the Polar Star Boys talks about the bento box girl in the village being really cute. Mm. I thought that was cute. I was like, yeah, throwback to the, the girl who had a crush on Soma from day one. Right. Since middle school. Food Wars as a whole, what do you rate it? Now that we've completely completed everything. I'm keeping it at a 9. I'm keeping it at a 9 out of 10. I I, can agree with that. Yeah, I really like that the season concluded on a really good point. The show concluded on a really good point. I feel like it wrapped up all loose ends. I don't feel like anything's missing. I feel like there's no characters that I dislike or find really annoying, which tends to happen in most shows, especially shows that have a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. But there's not like one character that I think of that I'm like, I would strangle that character if I met them in real life, you know? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I I like the OPs and EDs consistently. I don't think there's a single one of them. I'm like, I would never, ever, ever listen to that. It's making my ears bleed. Um, <laughs> I love the food. Food's great all the way through it. What makes me hungry every time I watch it, I want to eat. I have to watch it with snacks every single time. Main character is great. I love the fact that they kind of had an established relationship. It's not one of those ones that leads leaves you wondering who the ship's gonna end up being with but they also didn't like push it to the point where it made it into like a romance thing because this show is Mm. very not based in romance and i feel like if they had gone for that it would have been too much i feel like the fact that they left it till the very end because they kind of hinted at it you know a little bit here or there Mm -hmm. but even then you still don't get the feelings truly reciprocated from soma but then again, Soma's very much Joichiro's kid and that he's not one to really just express love just outright. He's going to do it through his cooking and everything else. Well, and Soma's kind of f- thick. Soma's not exactly the brightest shop in the knife. What? He just... <laughs> just don't don't even try to correct that. Just no. leave it. That's, yep. being, that's being left in okay. regardless of if you fix it or not. Cool, Yeah. Uh, great. That's not embarrassing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's really not the sharpest knife in the block at yeah. all. I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to end up married like five years down the road and then be like, wait, what? <laughs> like he would marry Erina, not realize it, and then be like, oh, wait, we're married? What? <laughs> yeah. He's one of those things that's like, oh, I've, I've, or it's like they've been together for like five years and Aaron's like, are you going to propose? Like, you going to like ask me to marry you? And he's like, wait, we're together. <laughs> and he's like oh yeah i guess we are (laughs) and it's like he had a ring the whole time but he just didn't think about it yeah that would be amazing yeah it's just like but i could i could see it yeah i'm the fact that they saved it till the very end it just i could not be any happier with that because had they done it anywhere else i know i just don't feel like it would have fit the show but the fact that it was there at the very end to where again it wrapped up everything Mm. i have no complaints yeah, no, I think the show's great. I yeah, I'm 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 leaving it on a solid nine out of ten, which is very high praise from from the two of us. And I think the yeah, I, the first season to me is hilarious. I think a lot of people would find it not hilarious. So be aware of that um, when you tell us our like your ratings. How did you feel? Do you have the same level of like? feelings towards the first season like what do you guys think of the first season in comparison to the rest of the show because that's my biggest Mm -hmm. thing that i'm curious about because a lot of people hate the first season but then they love it from that point on i really liked the first season and it did it like i think that's why i can rate it so high but i'm I'm curious as to whether or not people would change their opinion on the overall show because of the first season Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely let us know and all the dms and comments and all that other stuff because we are definitely curious because not only do we want to know your thoughts on this show in particular but also all of our other episodes that we have covered because you will be getting all of our thoughts on everything and also who we or just awards in general over the next two weeks yeah because our next two episodes we have anime awards for next week which are going to include things like best op best ed best boy best girl our anime of the year and all that other fun stuff that will be coming next week but also our last episode for the year is going to be just rating everything from worst to best yeah so be sure to let us know what you think about all of that yeah we've got a lot of homework to be doing huh brad 
uh, we've been trying to do this for over a month, and we have done none of it. Yep. So this weekend's going to be a fun time for us. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Yeah. Should we wrap this baby up? I am down for that. Cause this, this is going to turn into our longest episode in a while. It is. But I am okay with that because I feel like I feel like it's warranted. I feel like it's needed because we have with some good being, discussions. Yeah, it's the it's the end of an era in a sense with food anime. So I I hate to see it go, but it was it was good to actually sit down and talk about it and just talk. Yeah. It's not there wasn't anything scripted about this. It was just us sitting down and shooting the shit about a show that we both absolutely love and adore. So it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So blue. Doesn't stream, but she has a Twitch. So if you want to be notified of when she decides to ever start streaming again, twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender. You can also find her on Instagram and Twitter at blue lavender STM. And she also has a YouTube channel and a TikTok at blue lavender to where if you like artsy things, you can find videos there as well. Yeah, that's me. And if you like somebody who's actually active on social media, you can head on over to Brad Carter Gaming on Twitch.tv, where he does the gaming stuff, and it's a fun time. And if you can't get enough of him even with that, then you can hop on over to Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming there as well, and have a looky at all those pics. If you think he does a good job at Instagram, then you can head on over to our show Instagram and Twitter, at BNB Anime, where there's memes posted, updates on podcast stuff, what we've got coming in the future, all that kinds of stuff is all on our socials. We also have a YouTube channel where all of our previous episodes are archived, so you can go back and listen to all the ones we've already done, as well as finding them on our website, www. Oh my god, I can't speak. www bnbanime.com on there we have all of our previously archived episodes as well as all of the listening platforms that you can find them on we have a bunch of like background stuff on us as well if you want to know what we've been getting up to voice acting stuff art stuff friends of the podcast all that jazz all on the website yeah anything else i don't think there's anything else all right so thank you all so much for listening blue and i greatly appreciate it next week and the week after it's going to be our year in review episode. So if you want to know our thoughts on anything and everything that we have covered for the year, these are our episodes for you. If you have not listened to all of our episodes or you have not watched a lot of the stuff that we have covered, but you're wondering what you should watch and what you might want to potentially stray away from, these will be the episodes for you as well. But outside of that, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.